This week's episode is brought to you by the Blu-ray release of The Muppet Movie, the nearly 35th anniversary edition. Hello and welcome to Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. I'm George. And I'm Jeff. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about in this episode. Yeah, like, we do. I noticed the history segment's about four hours long. It's not four hours long. It's not some other podcast that you're listening to. We try to keep our episodes short, so it's probably only going to be three hours long. Well, I guess it depends on how many history nuggets we throw in there. Well, we do have a lot of history nuggets, so we should probably jump right into it then. It's time for Disney History! Now, each of the shops and eateries and other businesses along Buena Vista Street in Disney California Adventure, they all have a story to tell, and Imagineers paid tribute to a number of real-life locations and people and other things that were important to Walt's life and the company's history in order to help breathe life into the street when they were uh, creating it. Yeah, so because the street storyline is set before Walt Disney had established himself in Los Angeles, the fictional backstories aren't exactly direct references to Disney characters and people, but instead uh, they're from a world that might have provided direct inspiration to Walt when he first arrived in Los Angeles in 1923. So in a kind of Disney history, five-legged goat mashup, we'll take you on a trip down Buena Vista Street so you can see just what each building is referring to and the backstory behind it. So when you first come on to uh, the east side of the street, you're going to come across Oswald's gas station. Ooh, ooh I know this one. What, what do you mean you know this one? Oswald? Well, yes, that, that obviously. Was his kindergarten. That was Walt Disney's kindergarten teacher. Yes, Mrs. Mrs. Oswald, Oswald was his, his kindergarten <laughs> teacher, and she gave him a D- in art. That's what it was. <laughs> so, Oswald, we made that up, guys. That's not a true fact. Please please don't take that as real. <laughs> Oswald's gas station, it's the fictional address for the street is uh, 2600-2600 Buena Vista Street. Now, of course, it's a fictional gas station which sells everything needed for a road trip and is actually named after Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, who starred in 26 silent cartoons produced by Walt in 1927 and 1928. And, as we all know, Walt lost the rights to him, which ultimately led to the creation of a certain mouse that we all know. No, we, we won't mention his name. Uh, so next up is the Chamber of Commerce, which is at 2610 Buena Vista Street. Uh, Guest Relations is located here, and the 10 in the address refers to 1910, which is the year Walt's family moved out of Marceline, Missouri, and headed to Kansas City. Now, coming up next is the Los Feliz Five and Dime at 2628 Buena Vista Street, and it's themed to a vintage var variety store, kind of like the ones you might have been found in the Los Angeles Los Feliz neighborhood in the 1920s. Um, Los Feliz is at, near the Silver Lake neighborhood, where Walt Disney moved his cartoon studio after it uh, outgrown its original Los Angeles location on Kingswell Avenue. The 28 and the address number represents the year Mickey and Minnie made their uh, cinematic debut in the 1928 black and white cartoon Steamboat Willie. Man, these Imagineers are sneaky. They are sneaky. They are very sneaky. So, okay. 
Big Top Toys is uh, the little, is the biggest little toy story, toy, wow, biggest little, okay, the biggest little toy store in the world. A lot of big words in that sentence, I know, I'm sorry. Oh, just a lot of words all in one, so anyway, so so uh, they're, they're selling more toys than you can possibly imagine, that's part of what it is, so the, uh, the 1941 film Dumbo provided a lot of the design inspiration for the store, uh, including all the background music. And the 42 in its 2642 Buena Vista Street address is a tribute to the year Dumbo was released, 1941. And yeah, it, it does leave me scratching my head too. The east side of Buena Vista Street only has even numbers, so the address number was rounded up to 42. So Dumbo, of course, was probably still playing in theaters in 1942, so you know we can maybe give him a nod for that. Yeah, exactly. So good job, guys. Good job. We'll try that one. Yes. But directly above that, you can come upon the, the Hyperion Bridge, which crosses uh, Buena Vista Street. Now, the bridge, where you can actually see the monorail pass over every few minutes, is modeled after the Glendale Hyperion Bridge, which is a concrete arch bridge viaduct that was built in 1928, and it carries cars over the Los Angeles River and connecting the Los Angeles Silver Lake neighborhood to Glendale. And Big Top Toys is actually found directly underneath that bridge. The Elias & Company department store, located at 2750 Buena Vista Street, stretches to the end of the street. Uh, this, this Art Deco-style department store really builds itself as a, a name you can trust in fashions for her, him, and more. The store is named after Walt Disney's father, Elias Disney. Uh, Walt's middle name was Elias as well, so it's a slight nod to him, too. Now, if we go back to the beginning of the street again, but this time on the west side, we'll come across the Kingswell Camera Shop located in the Buena Vista Plaza. Now, there's no street address here, but it is located inside the Elysian Arcade Building. Now, it bills itself as a photo developer, and you can actually pick up your own photos here that were taken throughout the day through PhotoPass and everything. It's actually named after the Los Angeles Kingswell Avenue, which is the street where Walt Disney and his brother Roy opened the Disney Brothers Studio in 1923. The studio, you know, as we know, it outgrew the Kingswell location and moved to Hyperion Avenue in Los Angeles in 1926. So next up is Mortimer's Market, which proclaims that if our fruits were any fresher, we'd have to slap them. Which is a great, great that slogan. Is a great slogan. Wow. Anyway, so uh, Mortimer is the name of Walt that Walt Disney initially gave to Mickey Mouse. He changed the name at the urging of his wife Lillian, who preferred Mickey. But Disney eventually created a second mouse named Mortimer, featured in the 1936 cartoon Mickey's Rival, who quickly became just that, Mickey's Rival. Now, the Julius Catch Shoe and Watch Repair at 2701 Buena Vista Street is located right next door. Now, as the story goes, Julius Catch was an immigrant who opened a small watch and radio repair store that has quality work at reasonable prices and all repairs are done on the premises. Now, as Katz's children grew up, they decided to expand their father's business, opening Julius Katz and Sons right next door. The name Julius Katz itself is actually a play on words. It refers to Julius the Cat, who was an animated cat who accompanied the live-action Alice character in Disney's Silent Alice and Cartoonland shorts of the 1920s. And the 01 in the address number is a tribute to the year that Walt Disney was born, 1901. Hey. So, as mentioned, next to that is the Julius Katz and Sons appliance store located at 2705 Buena Vista Street. Uh, in 1911, Julius Sons founded Julius and Katz and Sons, one door down from their father's store. The proprietors insist, we will not be undersold, you will not be oversold, guaranteed. The 05 in the address refers to 1905, the year a young Walt Disney moved with his parents from his hometown of Chicago 
to Marceline, Missouri. Now, coming up next is the Atwater Incan Paint Supply Store, which claims to sell art supplies. Now, it even mentions the uh, the famous nine old men as instructors of the art uh, academy there. Um, so that's pretty cool. There's a sign in the back that says all that. The Atwater in the name refers to Atwater Village District of Los Angeles, which was a regular hangout of animators in the early days of the Walt Disney Studio. It's located at 2719 Buena Vista Street, which refers to 2719 Hyperion Avenue, where the Walt Disney Studio was once located. And the Trolley Treats Candy Store at 2741 Buena Vista Street is named after the Red Car Trolley Electric Vehicles, a ride that travels on a track down Buena Vista Street, and it's modeled after the real life Los Angeles red car line. Trolley Treats prominently displays a scale model of Rock Candy Mountain, a focal point of Disneyland Storybook Land canal boats ride that was never built. Clarabelle's Hand Scoot Ice Cream Parlor is a nod to Clarabelle Cow, who de debuted in the 1928 short Plain Crazy. Uh, ads for the shop claim that it is utterly incredible, you know, like a, a cow udder. It's an utterly <laughs> incredible experience, and their cones provide a movable feast. I love these little play on words. It's great. Nice. Yeah. Um, it's located at 926 Carthay Circle, and this refers to 1926, the year Walt Disney relocated his cartoon studio from its first home in on Kingswell Avenue to uh, Los Angeles to a, a bigger facility in Hyperion Avenue. The, the Fiddler, Pfeiffer, and Practical Cafe is home to Starbucks at California Venture. Uh, it's named after Fiddler Pig, Pfeiffer Pig, and Practical Pig, who are also known as the Three Little Pigs, uh, seen in the same 1933 short film. The story of the shop is that a trio of performing sisters known as the Silver Lake Singers opened it, and each of them plays a musical instrument in the same way each of the Three Little Pigs played an instrument in the Disney short. Uh, the sisters' coffee shop is decorated with posters from the places they've performed, including the ballroom of the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Now, hey. just just for the record, I'm also in love with Ethel of the Silver Lake Sisters because <laughs> I think she is absolutely gorgeous. Just throwing it out there. So, Ethel, if you're listening, give me a call. I'll leave the number at the end of the show. Um, so finally, we come upon the Carthay Circle Theater, named after the real-life Carthay Circle Theater in uh, the mid-Wilshire neighborhood of Los Angeles. And it's a fairly fateful re recreation of the exterior of the movie palace, and it's about three-fourths the size of the original, and it even retains the original's carpet design. Um, it's located at 937 Carthay Circle, and the address number pays uh, homage to the year 1937, the year that uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs premiered at the Carthay Circle Theater. So, it's to me, I think it's pretty neat that they paid... Uh, tribute to all these things in Walt's early early life and how they they could have influenced him later on. I think that's a kind of little neat bit of history they did there. Oh, I think it's fantastic and shows that they were really thinking and uh, know their Disney history. So maybe they listen to Communicore Weekly. Mayhaps they do. He's a nerd. He's a, nerd. He's a geek. He's a geek. Cause we all like to hear him speak. So listen up to the words from his speech. Ha! It's George's Book of the Week. So this week's Book of the Week is actually an audio Book of the Week. Hmm, I know you guys are all intrigued. Uh, this one is More Cute Stories, Volume 1, Disneyland History, narrated by Rolly Crump. Uh, this is the new audio release by Rolly Crump and Jeff Heimbuck. And before I tell you guys how awesome it is, let me get a few things out of the way. Yes, Jeff Heim Heimbuck is my co-host on Communicore Weekly. You almost said my name wrong. 
I almost said Heimbacon. You almost said my name I wrong. I almost said Heimbacon. So well, that way I want to throw people off the This scent. better be a good review because if not, I'm going to be upset that you almost <laughs> said my name wrong. How long have we been friends for? Are you serious? <laughs> well, I was bored. I was, I was, I was, I was going ahead too quickly. Yeah. That was well, the problem. Go so with anyway, that. So, good excuse. Okay. So, and, and, and I'll be the first to admit that I sort of have a personal stake in the project because Jeff and I are friends, but I would never compromise my ethics even for Jeff. That's good to know, especially when you can't say my name correctly. I know, that's why I said <laughs> Jeff and not Jeff. Okay, Just say so. Humbugger, like, you know, yeah, our like friends at Kingdom Cast do. Kingdom Cast, so, okay. <laughs> well, anyways, after after the amazing success of the print story of its kind of cute story, uh, Jeff and Bamboo Forest Publishing realized that there were still tons of cute stories that Rol- uh, that Rolly could tell. It's okay, I messed his name up, oh too. Oh my gosh, George, I'm you're killing me. a million here, so... <laughs> Well, at least people are having to pay attention. That's so, true. Okay, so 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 Jeff actually sat down with uh, with Rolly and recorded hours of Rolly dishing about his days at Disneyland. Uh, the initial release clocks in at sixty four minutes, which is the sad thing. It should have been about four or five hours, uh, and it's a treasure of stories directly from Rolly. I almost said from the mouth of Rolly. You could have. It would have made That's sense. Right. It would have made sense anyway. So okay. So, so the stories shared are all about Disneyland, and occasionally Rolly will throw in some offshoots into other areas of his career, and those small glimmers are just enticements for future volumes. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, so uh, reading It's Kind of a Cute Story really gives you an overview of Rolly's career. You get to know the artist and how he worked. The audiobook sort of follows the same lines, but hearing Rolly tell you these stories introduces a flavor that really, really enriches the tales. Uh, you can't help but get the feeling that Rolly might have been a little bit of a rascal in his imagineering days. Um, actually, I'm imagining him probably as being quite a big rascal. Just a bit. Just, just, just a bit. Just a bit. So um, all I can say is I know he probably had an amazing, a fantastic time actually working at Disneyland. I mean, who wouldn't? But but still. So, uh, one of the things I really loved about the, the audio tales, uh, is that Rolly introduces us to, uh, some key players at Disneyland that you really read about fairly often, but, but we've never really gotten a lot of personal information about them. Uh, Bill Evans was the original landscaper and there are several stories of Rolly working to plant something or designing something with Bill, like actually being in Tomorrowland and planting flowers, um, around a new attraction or something like that. And he sort of reminisces that uh, that wouldn't happen today. You know, there would be so many layers of bureaucracy just to plant a flower or do something that just wouldn't quite quite be the same. Uh, we also run into Emil Curie. Um, he was a set designer that did a lot of interior design work for the parks as well. And, and Rolly talks about working with him and how much of a great uh, guy he was or how much a uh, great guy both of these people were. Uh, and I just keep going to the back uh, to the fact that Rolly keeps saying, you know, it's just not the same as it was before. So it uh, sounds like it's probably a frequent thing from Rolly. Uh, I loved it. You can currently download the audio off of Amazon. Oh, I mean, you can get a hard copy off of Amazon. You can download the digital files off of CD Baby as well. You can get them through iTunes. But right now, it's a little bit more expensive. We're working on um, trying to get them to adjust the price. Yeah, it, we want those... the digital version to be $4.99 across the board. Yeah. And for some reason, Amazon and iTunes haven't adjusted it yet. So we're trying to get that down. But, you know. But you can still buy a copy. You can still get it. I mean, if you want to pay $9.99 for a digital copy, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> you can go right ahead. 
But if you want it for the cheaper version, go to CD Baby. That's that's yeah. the way to go. It's a good one. And I have to say, I enjoyed it. I've listened to it twice and really had a great time with it. And it, it just really makes me want to hear more stories from Rolling. And I'm so glad that along with the book, uh, we've got another opportunity to get more information and tales from Rolly. Uh, and, you know, this one is More Cute Stories, Volume 1, Disneyland History. And since I've got uh, Jeff on the line, uh, Jeff, any any clues about maybe what the next volume might be by any chance? Uh, we do have an idea what the next three or four volumes might be. We actually plan them out. Um, but I will say that the next one will focus specifically on people that Rolly worked with, so you'll hear some tales about that. That's going to be fantastic. So make sure to visit CD Baby or Amazon.com or iTunes and pick up your copy today. You will not regret it. What we liked, what we didn't like, he's in the booze! 60-second review! So, Jeff, it's time to light the lights. You're supposed to... Start the music first, aren't you? Oh, yeah, start the music first, uh, I guess. George, come on. That's all right. I wanted to throw something there from the Muppets. Obviously, we are talking about the Muppets, and this week's 60-second review is about the Blu-ray release of the Muppet movie from 1979. I'm so excited. I've been a huge Muppet fan my entire life. Watched the Muppet show growing up. All the Muppet movies. Was thrilled when Disney incorporated the Muppets into the theme parks. Sad when it didn't do much for a while. And then but, happy but again when they brought Now they're back with Jason Seagal and the new movie coming out soon. But anyways, this is talking about the Blu-ray release, <laughs> which is what, what we need to talk about as yes. well. Uh, love this movie in 1979 and love it to this day. My kids love it. It's an amazing treat. Stop the podcast, go buy it right now, and then come back and listen to the rest of the review. Thanks. Yes. We're basically saying that this is, you know, I know we review a lot of re-releases on Blu-ray sometimes, mm -hmm. and we're often like, well, the movie's good, but what they did with the disc is not fantastic. The transfer's not great. The extras aren't great. It's okay. But I am in the camp of, even if you own this movie on DVD, it might be worth it for you to pick it up again. Because um, yeah. I think it looks fantastic on Blu-ray. Um, it does. I, the transfer was great. And the movie itself totally holds up still. I mean... Who cares if it was released in 79? Uh, <laughs> Alex was laughing at it. I mean, he loves it. Yeah. So I think it's a great, great movie. I mean, there were, there were a few times, of course, when uh, we've had to explain who some of the guest stars were. But to see, oh, gosh, to see Mel Brooks play a German scientist is brilliant beyond belief. You know, we actually, Alex and I watched Spaceballs last week. It was his first time seeing it. So Mel Brooks shows up and he's like, Oh my gosh, is that Mel Brooks? And I'm like, yes, he knows who he is. <laughs> Not just from the Muppet movie as Ex well. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it, it looks good. It sounds good. The music sounds fantastic. And and that's one of the bigger parts of the special features is, uh, you know, there is a uh, sort of a very long, like 20 minute long screen test where you see Kermit and Fozzie and Sweetums running around English, English countryside, uh, obviously making some inside jokes because not everything was quite funny on the surface. <laughs> it's funny, though, because uh, parts of those screen tests are actually, I've seen them on YouTube before, but uh, this the entire feature at itself was 20 minutes long, and it featured a lot of footage that I had not seen before, and so I thought it was very interesting to see that and how, you know, the, how they hated the performers and how they interacted with the camera. And Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of Sweetums in that, too, and I love Sweetums, so yeah. um, thumbs up there. 
Um, yep. I, I think that was a great little extra. I think a, a lot of the extras were great. Yeah, because the you know the songs were fantastic and have the lyrics to the songs up there and the, the froggy sort of like a, Yeah, it's sort of like a sing along. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of fun. And of course, the nine year old was passing through when I paused the screen that starts those as an intermission. I, I think it's great. The Muppet movie, the new Muppet movie, started that trend of the intermission yes. when it came out on Blu-ray. So I liked how it came back around again here, and they did it for this movie again. Yeah, which was great. Um, so uh, we know we want to keep this under sixty minutes, sixty seconds, not sixty minutes. Especially under sixty minutes. It's <laughs> under sixty minutes, but I think we both love this film. It looks great on Blu-ray. Uh, if you're a huge Muppet fan, it's a great way to support the company again and let them know that we love the Muppets. We want more Muppets. Um, and pick it up anything else to add or um just uh bear left bear left <laughs> frog right frog right <laughs> and make a left at the fork in the road oh huh, an actual fork <laughs> so hmm. go get it guys totally worth it sometimes you might see it sometimes you don't hey look what's that it's a five-legged goat when they were building the land at Epcot, Imagineers wanted the trees inside the attraction uh, for living with the land to be as authentic as possible. So they created molds for artificial trees from actual trees. For example, the sycamore in front of the farmhouse is a duplicate of a tree by a car wash in Burbank, California, which I have passed. Wow, that's kind of interesting. It I mean, is. For sort of like sentimental reasons that the Imagineers go by, oh, I remember that tree. And carving initials. Yeah. Do something like that. I so. don't know. Something. Yeah, that's okay. So, well, thank you guys so much for watching and listening to us. And and don't forget, we did review the Muppets on Blu-ray. And the uh, Communitor, which you know everyone's excited about, is going to visit the Jim Henson Studios. So for more information, visit CommunicorWeekly.com and click on the Events tab. Yes, please do. And also, while you're there, be sure to leave us a comment and rate us on iTunes. Mm -hmm. And be sure to email us at communicorweekly at gmail.com with cool photos and anything else you want, really. Yes, and uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash communicorweekly because, you know, there's always shenanigans there going on during the week. <laughs> shenanigans? Yes. Get, never. Get your broomsticks. Never, never. So uh, you can always follow us on Twitter. I'm at Imagine Nerding, and he's at Jeff Heimbuck. And don't forget, you can give us a call on the Communicore Weekly hotline at 424-785-4628. And I'm looking at you, Ethel, of the Silver Lake Sisters. Give me a call. This could be scary. Uh, and for Jeff Heimbuck, I'm George Taylor. And for George Taylor, I'm Jeff Heimbuck. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on Communicore Weekly, the greatest online show. Nor'easter.